things he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The dungeon master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown Keep calling out to me I hear him think out loud To die the Only the brave shall come My name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. Hi, okay, this is going to go out not only to patrons, but also on the regular Anchor channel. Something rather significant has happened in my hobby life, and also in my mental health journey in the last sort of 24-48 hours. And this morning I recorded a rather long segment for the Dungeon Master's Diary. Now, for regular Roleplay Rescue listeners who don't know about Dungeon Master's Diary, especially you know if you've joined during Season 8, this is something that I do every week, pretty much, uh, and I put out to patrons only on patreon.com slash rpgrescue. The thing is basically that I sit down every day, or not every day, some days I sit down and I talk about what I've been doing in my hobby or what's been going on around in my head in my hobby, and I record that stuff, and then pretty much every Thursday, I edit that together in the evening, and I throw it out to patrons. A lot of guys seem to like it. It's uh, something that I think was quite distinctive earlier in Roleplay Rescue's history, and it has continued. I, I keep doing it, and even though I'm now moving towards the end of Season 8, I know that I'll keep doing it even in between, in the interregnum between seasons. So this is an important part of my hobby life now, the podcast helps me to kind of get my ideas out there to work through my thinking and it can be very raw and it can be very up and down but for me reviewing it each week listening through as I put it together it's pretty much an unedited thing I don't edit the um, individual entries uh, very much at all I mean occasionally I'll take out something but very rarely and um, therefore it is pretty you know sort of hit and miss as to what the content's going to be so it can be, yeah, a bit of a, a wild ride for, you know, listeners too. And I, I guess what I wanted to do is I'm also just before I share the large section that I've put together that I think is incredibly significant for me right now. And I wanted not only the patrons to hear, but everyone to hear. I think I better share as well, just a call in that reflects that feeling of what it's like to be a listener to it from Jason Connolly. Take it away, Jason. H.A. Jason here. Just listen to Dungeon Master Diary 72. And I got to tell you, it broke my heart. You know, I I really appreciate your Dungeon Master Diary episodes. I really appreciate your, your talking things through and sharing them with us. And, although I have to admit, there are times I alternately want to um, re- re- reach out and um, gr- grab your shoulders and shake you. And there are other times I want to reach out and give you a big hug. <laughs> I, maybe I shouldn't call you and tell you that, but I'm, I'm just being honest. I, I do appreciate it. But but there's definitely some emotional content on, on our side as listeners too. Thank you, Jason. So yeah, as I was saying, this is Dungeon Master's Diary. It's pretty raw. It's pretty rough. It's something, this is a single entry. It's very long that I put together this morning or I recorded this morning and I feel is very, very significant. I'd be very interested to hear what people have to say about it. That being said, I am moving forward in my hobby and this is the kind of direction I'm moving in. And I feel like I needed to share it with you. Please bear in mind, this contains topics around mental health. It contains uh, really personal stuff. And if you're not into that, if that sounds like it's going to be a downer for you, then, you know, press stop now and don't come back. On that note, let's get into the diary. 
It's 7.30am on Saturday, what is it, the 20th of March, and um, I think something very significant has just kind of occurred in my hobby. Um, so yesterday, uh, Friday night, I was in a very, very low state, and um, the end of the week I was exhausted, and I, yeah, I was just really low, I mean darkest thoughts I've had um, several times in the day I've been feeling very 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 um, insignificant useless worthless you know those kinds of feelings and thoughts really and um, that being said you know I'd gone through a day at school it was fine you know like hour by hour I was focusing I'd woken up tired and I'd just focused on like step by step by step through the day I was kind of you know the routine of the morning got me into work the routine of the 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 kind of first steps into work you know I've got this kind of morning routine there and that flow me into the first period and then kind of like I just focus on each hour at a time you know deliver that lesson go to the next one deliver that lesson and so on and so on and so on there's a lot going on yesterday but essentially um you know I got through the day and um achieved when I look back on it on an objective sense I achieved a lot more than I would have expected to in the day and uh, you know there's lots to feel positive about but at the end of the day I was just not able to to do that you know I could objectively see that it was a good day I was talking to them about it it's like it, it's fine it's a good day but I couldn't feel it all I could feel was this kind of sense of dread and and worthlessness and um that meant I, I bailed yet again on Derek's uh, game at Torg with Arlen. They were both up for it. I, I Well, actually, I'm not entirely sure Derek was up for it, to be fair. I think he was tired after he'd had his viral jab and, you know, he's putting a brave face on it because uh, later on he did kind of go, no, you know what, I'm not even going to come on and chat because I'm I'm too tired. I, I couldn't face anything last night. I was um, in bed. Um, I went to bed at about seven I think and uh read a little bit um might have even been a little later than that but at 8 p.m I know the light was out and we were asleep I slept well I woke three times in the night but I was able to go back to sleep each time and I woke nine hours later and here we are this morning um I was up at about five and um I realised some stuff, so, so I'll just walk you through, if you don't mind, I'm going to walk you through the sort of mental process. So first of all, I, I sat down, I grabbed my daybook, the daybook is a not notebook I use to sort of record my cr- creative thoughts and ideas and kind of or work out my thinking on paper often. And today what I was doing was working out my thinking on paper. And the first thing I noticed, I flipped back, um, so I opened it up and it was March, the last entry was March 13th, that's seven days ago. And I decided to flip back the page before, and the entry before that was March the 6th, which is, what, seven days before that. And then there had been an entry March the 4th, 3rd, you know, and so on. So sometime around the start of March, when I got back into school and I stopped being, like, working from home, which is two weeks ago, I, I slipped into a, a state where... Essentially, I'm approaching creative thought every seven days for the last two weeks. And suddenly it hit me that it's absolutely no surprise that I am feeling very, very low about myself. Now, let me explain 
the next step in the thought, which was I remembered that there are three things I need to try and remember. Um, this comes from therapy. I need, in my life, I need some challenge, and work fulfills most of that. I need um, sort of essentially fellowship, you know, in human interaction. And I get a little of that from work. I get a lot of that from Deb. And obviously a little bit from you guys when I'm online and when I'm communicating on social media. But the third thing I need is, is stuff that I enjoy. And for me, I get a lot of enjoyment, obviously, from creative and gaming-related stuff. That's kind of like the primary thing I really enjoy doing. I love this hobby, right? So doing that. Now, the next step is I... It hit me that what's happening in the week is that I'm not doing the enjoyment. I'm doing things that are, are pleasant to me. I, I am spending time doing things that help me to relax and recover after a work day. But I recognise this thing between passive and active hobby. And this is what struck me first this morning. So the title in my March 20th is Passive versus Active Playtime. Um, what I'm doing is like I've gone two weeks now with only weekend sort of activity and mostly is passive activities between, okay? And that has led to like an increase in depression. It's basically not enough to, to get my day book out once every seven days. It's not enough to do the things that I've been doing. Now, what I've been doing is essentially consuming, okay, um, and mostly, if it's hobby, just consuming it. And now, I've come to realise that uh, consuming the hobby is not the same as doing the hobby, right? That's what I mean. I've been watching TV, old reruns mostly, because they're familiar. A little bit of new show stuff with Deb. I've been reading rule books, um, but rule books I've read before, um, mostly. Stuff, again, that feels comfort comfortable or which I'm just trying to refresh myself on. So, specifically, it's been like the traveller, Mongoose Traveller stuff majority had a look a little bit through some pathfinder stuff when i had to prep the game last week and i have had a little bit of a flip through some gurp stuff on and off because i you know looking at a few ideas that have been sort of bubbling around and i keep looking at things page flipping through you know materials maybe it's adventure things maybe it's flipping through kind of like that um hex crawl resources whatever but just kind of that web surfing hobby content you know looking at blogs looking at um looking at social media mostly you know especially discord um listening to podcasts yeah certainly and maybe even watching some videos one or, one or two videos I've, I've got i'm not a big video watching fan but you know there's a couple of things just in alexander's advanced game mastery being one of them essentially just consuming right hobby but not actually doing it because you know that's that's a very different thing so active things i mean obvious obvious stuff like would be would be running a game or playing a game writing an adventure, making characters. And this is where I realised that in the past, um, I'm going to mark these down, actually, these uh, making activities and running solo fights, which is what I tend to do as a kind of proxy hobby thing when I can't run a game, these are actual activities that I enjoy. And the reason I enjoy them is because they are very low mental energy cost. They don't take a lot out of me. They help me to enjoy myself. Um, and they, they're, they're very short-lived. Now, I've always been sort of framing this as I could play solo, which is the next thing on my list. But actually, um, 
it is kind of a little bit of that. It's a little taste of that. And that was the next clue, right? But anyway, on my active list, I've also got like playing solo properly, which I never seem to get around to doing. Um, writing scripts and podcasting. Um, prepping games. Creating material for games. And that's the thing. The combination of like making the character, fighting solo, and then creating material. And I was thinking specifically here about like what pinged in my head was like things like sandbox material is when the whole thing just kind of clicked what I need to do. So I realized that the problem is that active participation in this hobby requires quite a lot of mental energy, which at the end of a school day, I have precious little of. Um, I, it's very hard for me to make decisions even at the end of a school day. I have absolutely, you know, zip diddly willpower left i have absolutely zip diddly mental energy left at the end of the day and that is fine because my job is incredibly demanding but incredibly rewarding it's just that the issue is that i don't have the mental energy now that triggered a memory for me that about reading tiny habits bj fogg's book tiny habits he talks about like if you've got a task that you want to do this is sort of the the balance the 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 reality is that if you, you know motivation and ease are the two kind of factors if you like in whether a behavior will go ahead and um, motivation is incredibly fickle make things easy but alongside that there is the the kind of f- five barriers and one of those five barriers if if it requ- if the task requires any of these better things then you ain't going to do it and one of them is mental energy and I don't have mental energy, so if the thing I'm trying to do requires a lot of mental energy, it ain't going to happen. And that's when it, it struck me that actually what I need to do on a weeknight is a tiny bit of hobby, a tiny active bit of hobby that's kind of easy to do. Okay, that's what I need to do. So that brings me to building sandboxes. And this has triggered a whole raft of memories that go right back to the roots of my hobby and and really I think help me to understand suddenly why the preferences I have in this hobby are the preferences I have in this hobby because as a kid what I would do after school is I would come home we would go around my mate's house and we would play for a bit so after school we'd be kind of a bit tired but we would play a bit and every game that we ever ran was either two things either a GM was running a module and we were kind of playing. And I remember I was always a player. Or it would be kind of another step in a sandbox. So I remember we played Star Frontiers on Volturnus. And we played that as a sandbox for quite a long while. And that was a kind of combo of the two things. Module plus sandbox. But actually, you know, when we played D&D, I remember basically we were adventuring around exploring. It's essentially playing in a sandbox. And this obviously is hobby terminology, which I'm assuming everybody here understands. What I would do though when I went home is that I would play at being GM. I would not be a GM. I was not running a game, but I would go away and I would do the things that I've maintained doing through the years. One of two things. I would either go home and make up characters because I enjoyed making characters and thinking about the creative opportunities there. Or I would go home and sometimes I would run through a combat scenario, blow off some steam, have some fun with that. I liked basically playing games. Sometimes I would go home and I would play other games. I would play board games. I, I used to play Risk solo. I used to play The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich solo. I used to play games of Panzer solo because, you know, Dad was often absent, so I couldn't play the war games with him, and so I played them alone. 
Nobody else I knew wanted to play war games. So I got used to playing alone and doing little bits of it. <clears throat> you know, setting up an ongoing game. Um, we used to have this big kind of board, like a piece of wood basically, that I could set up stuff on and I could move it across my room and slide it under the bed or put it on the side or whatever and it would be there and I could pick it up again and I could do a bit more. But a lot of the time these were short-lived things. I might play a game of Risk, for example, of an hour or two of an evening on my own and just playing both sides, having a laugh, white, mentally, a bit of challenge, a bit of fun, but not too hard. The other thing that I would do, though, is I would start poodling around with us GMing and I would start to build worlds. That's how uh, my Covnia was born, really. Out of the dream, I started to sort of, I drew a map and I started to populate that map with some things. I remember doing this. It's like I unlocked a whole raft of memories for me. Um, but what it was, was these tiny creative acts or very small creative acts that I was doing. And, and that's what I feel like I need to do now. I need to come back to building sandboxes, um, coming home of the night, you know, adding something, tiny creative acts, like add a hex symbol to a map or, you know, literally just add another hex and maybe add a single room to a dungeon. Do you remember a few months ago I was doing that when I made a coffee? Whatever, tiny acts, if there's more energy, you can do a slightly bigger act, you know. Um, but essentially what it allows for is this concept of a kind of infinite ins expansion of the creative endeavour. So you're starting very small, but you very rapidly, if you're doing a little bit every day, you very rapidly expand out to a much larger project. Um, but it also allows space for some different play options because running and building a sandbox um, allows me to do a couple of things. I could certainly run a game for others, especially if I combine it with the concept of the open table or what I'm developing as a concept of open play. And what I mean by open play in simple terms is like quick, easy to pick up games. If it's running a sandbox and you are combining the open table stuff of like light, pretty light, quicker rules, very quick character creation so a new player can just grab a character and go, and then very solid game structures, you know, location crawls, hex crawls, mission-based gaming, whatever, very basic game structures, very fundamental ones for the hobby in this kind of quick setup. You can play an open gate. So I could, you know, at a drop of a hat, actually run a game using a sandbox that I've built, right? Also, though, I can run it solo. So I could, again, create some have some characters or create some characters and then go and run something quick for myself um, and this led me on to sort of thinking about a couple of sandboxes that I feel like I want to build and I think that they definitely want to build a fantasy one um, and I think that you know and in a way doing this from scratch will be a lot of fun and so what the idea of iron more which I've been talking about with the guys is, is a really good idea but also, I've, the wrong, really strong itch right now is a kind of science fiction, traveller-style, futuristic sandbox. And while I've been talking a lot about I want to go play the Third Imperium, and that's true, that is actually not something I can do very easily. You know, it requires a lot of mental energy. You've got to read, research, think about, design, you know, and understand the stuff that I don't have the mental power for. But what I mean by traveller-style is that when I played Classic Traveller back in the day, you know, I learned how to build a subsector, how to populate a subsector, how to like, you know, like set up some scenarios and adventures. And that is what I've been kind of thinking about and getting excited about this morning. So there's the whole raft of thinking. And from there, I've gone on, by the way, and made some extensive notes on a Traveller-inspired sort of 
open table game based on submission ideas. And I'm really thinking about a sort of arbitrary, a sort of military science fiction flavoured game because I've been talking about that a lot recently. Um, kind of mission based game where you know guys can kind of quickly grab a character. Um, and I'm thinking sort of a template approach to that, um, inspired really by Mongoose Traveller Second Edition's um, Traveller Companion, where it actually has these kind of like quick character creation. Instead of going through the character creation mini game, you go, you just grab a couple of things, a background template, and a kind of um, oh, packages they call them, I think, a background package and a, and a kind of career package. And I'm thinking, add to that the open play, open table approach of some equipment packages that people grab and go and then the session as running is kind of like a mission thing i'm thinking about creating some mission cards and a deck of them and actually like if i wanted to run a game you could then just go and pick out um maybe you know three cards and shuffle those up and and deal one out or even if, you, if i can build the deck over time have lots of missions available you can actually start having um, a whole deck of them, maybe you deal three out and you say to the players, which of those missions do you want to take? And that gives them even more agency and then you run that for a session. And that is an idea that is hugely exciting to me. And oh my goodness, I've spoken for 17 and a half minutes. Wow. So yeah, that's what I'm going to start fiddling around with this weekend. I'm going to start thinking about that really seriously. How can I bring this to life? And that has got me back to the table. Game on. <laughs>